Hello, everybody, and good evening. Thank you for waiting for us. It has been a dramatic few days with Russell Brand news. We had a media lawyer on last night, and Karen was watching, and she saw there was tons of questions coming in. Uh, last night, we didn't have time to answer them all. So if you do have questions for Karen Cole, UK lawyer, please put them in the chat, and we will take it from the... And my first question, I mean, I'm going to thank Karen, firstly, for spending time with us this evening. And my first question, Karen, is what got you interested in this case and what qualifies you to talk about it? Okay, well, um, I'm a, a lawyer in the UK and I've got 40 years experience in the justice system. Um, I've worked in the Canadian justice system as a in litigation, uh, criminal litigation and civil litigation. And then with the, uh, I was a, a parole officer with Canada Corrections. And then when I came over here, I worked for the uh, county, county solicitor's office doing civil litigation and uh, worked in the youth offending team as a information officer, uh, lots of experience. And then I started my own business uh, for litigants in person. And I just retired from, you know, civil service, got my pension uh, November <laughs> last year. So well, I started, yeah, legal money friends YouTube. to help litigants in person. Yeah. Karen's YouTube channel link is at the t top of the description box below this video on, if you're watching it on YouTube. So please support her channel, check out the videos and give her a sub. All right, so last night the lawyer said that Russell Brand doesn't have recourse to sue because of the eight-day thing and blah de blah some quirk in the law. Today when we spoke to that umbrella guy, he said Russell Brand does have the right to sue. And the first question that has actually come in, uh, which I've jumped the gun on there, is from Bradley. Would Russell have any legal rights to sue the media for publishing these allegations or would you have to prove the allegations false in order to do this? Yeah, so defamation um, is, if you bring a defamation suit, uh, what they're talking about is the media. And um, the media provided, I mean, we saw this in Johnny Depp. It wasn't Amber Heard that was being sued in the UK. It was actually the Sun. So if if the media has reasonable belief to think that they're, you know, that's there's uh a reasonable cause to like there's public interest and the person that's telling the story is reasonable. They've done their background. Um, they can obviously write about it. And the judge, even in that case said that no victim should be stopped from telling their story if they want to tell it. So um, that was quite interesting where it's different. And a lot of people might not know this is in the, um, in the UK, when you bring a defamation suit, it's the defendant that has to prove that they weren't defaming you, okay? But in the in America, it's the opposite way around. So you bring a case, and it's the uh, defendant that has to um, that you, sorry, the claimant would have to prove that they were defamed. Does that make sense? So yes, it, it's kind of like the opposite way around for burden of proof. So what steps would Russell Brand have to take to sue for defamation from here? Well, first of all, what we've got um what we've got is 
is just somebody making a story in the press, right? So, um, and as far as we know, there's been no legal charges, right? So there's no legal, there's no criminal charges. The London Met Police today did announce that one person has come to them with an allegation. That's as far as it's got. Right. So again, we're going back to what your um, um, member, the, the person you had on last night said that he can, he can sue, but is he going to get very far? Because if this, if they can prove the person had, has a reasonable grounds to believe that they were assaulted, then, um, then where's that going to go? And, and what we saw as well in the, um, in the Johnny Depp case is that the court looks at your behavior a lot. So, you know, if, if there's reasonable, that that's another thing people have to think about. So is, was his reputation ruined by these allegations? And I think um, words that I think you don't want to say on YouTube, but with the R word, um, and he's always, you know, made claims of his, um, ex, you know, his behavior, but uh, he's always said that it was consensual. So what the CPS would do. So I think what's important is that we, that's, that's a separate issue, right? Taking, you know, defamation, what we have to consider. And what I think is important for people to know is that um, a lot of people don't understand what is S um, assault. Okay. So I don't know what words you don't want to say on here. Um, well, that's an interesting thing because I was going to go down this road with you, Karen, because, you know, when I was a kid, if I watched a movie and I heard someone refer to the R person, in, in my head, I imagined like a guy jumping out in a dark yeah, in alley bush. and put, putting yeah. a knife to someone's throat and, and forcing yeah. the act yeah. from there. But it seems that the definition of the R has changed. Okay, so the way to think about it, and the CPS, that's the Crown Prosecution Service in the UK, what they've done is, I think it was in uh, 2020 and then 2022, they've hired a lot of lawyers to work for them that are specialized in actual abuse. I don't know if you even want to say that word, sorry. Um, oh, you're fine. So you're it's fine. Just, sorry, it's not abuse, it's called assault. So if you think assault. of assault as a, as a spectrum, Okay, so you've got uh, on the one side, you've got the R, which means penetration. Okay, and um, and then there could be violence with that, which would make it a lot worse. And then at the very end, you could have unwanted touching, um, kissing. Uh, there's uh, lots of different uh, ways there could be text messaging. Um, so what a lot of people don't realize is that just because there was the penetration of something it could be actual assault <laughs> so um so the crown prosecution so when the police get a case they have to investigate every case they cannot so the reason why you believe all victims which is a very good thing is because when you make a claim and if you think about it from the um civil civil uh perspective when a person makes a claim if there's no def if there's no defense then the then the court will make an, a default judgment because we presume what is being said is true. And so that's the same in criminal cases, except for in criminal cases, 
um, after the police make an arrest and they do their investigations, the CPS then looks at the evidence to see how strong it is. And um, I mean, for example, they can even use a victim statement without calling them to come to the uh, to give oral evidence. Okay, so the the courts can make uh, special um, measures. They can put up a screen. Um, so um, the other thing to be mindful of is that just so it's the burden of proof from the state. So the prosecution has the burden of proof to prove that's, that that's somebody the next, is the next, you pre We're both preempting the questions here. Nymph of Seven, does the alleged victim have the burden of proof or does Russell Brand? No, it's this. It's the prosecution. So what, what we've got to think about justice is that justice is um, for everyone, okay? So it's for the defendant and it's for the, uh, so the perpetrator and the victim, okay? It's, and it's for the public at large. And so that's why when CPS make a decision, they make that decision based on, is it in the public's interest to prosecute this person okay so um and obviously you've got um it's a very serious charge assault okay so um and if if for example like a person doesn't have a background where this work because i've heard that he's not been charged um he's never had any allegations before so um you know, there could still be four to 19 years, like maximum could be life and different categories. So if it's got a violent nature, it could have different categories. Um, and if the person is vulnerable, um, you know, that that could also have a, a higher culpability if you look at it that way. So the burden so of proof is always on the state as it's on the Crown prosecution. The The defendant can sit there and say nothing, right? What about the allegation that supposedly occurred in the States? Would it be the same or is it different? Yeah, in the States, the, it works the same way with criminal law. The um, burden of proof is on the state and um, it's exactly the same thing. You bring witnesses in, you look at the situation. It's all the same thing in the States. They call it taking the fifth. Um, but here we say it's the same thing. If you say anything, you know, can be still held against you. Right. So when people get arrested um, now, I haven't watched the uh, Channel 4 documentary because I wanted to try to be, un, you know, unbiased. Um, so uh, but when when the police arrest somebody, they really shouldn't say anything until they've seen a barrister or a solicitor. Um, and in the police station, uh, they will give you that opportunity that. I've done a video on what happens if you get arrested. So that's really important for people to watch because if you call a personal lawyer, it could take a while like for someone to come in, but they have what's called as duty solicitors and they're experts at um, the, uh, you know, criminal justice uh, regular, you know, rules and stuff like that of charges. And so they can recommend to you what to do because the other thing with, um, assault is that early 
admission. So normally I say to people, look at, did you do it? You know, because there's a fine line. People might say, well, I didn't do it, but that's their perception that they didn't do something, especially if it's not like you say, um, running into a, a park and, you know, anonymously doing something. So your perception of what might have happened might not be what the law is. So it's really, really important to not say anything and and have a, a solicitor, you know, speak to a duty solicitor um, to make sure you you know your rights. Because with this kind of crime, an, an, an offense, um, even if you admit to it early, it is up to the judge to reduce the sentencing. Okay, so it may not be. Whereas some some offenses, if you admit to them early you get a, re a reduction, you get a reduction on the fine and you get a reduction on the sentencing. But in these kind of cases, it is up to the judge. Um, so, so that's why some people might say, well, if it is a he said, she said, and you don't always get to see all the evidence against you, you know, because um, a lot of times, you know, it does, it, it, you just don't get it. You're, you're supposed to get it, but you may not get it. So, you know, that that's another thing. Which ties into the next question. If it is he said, she said, how is anything proven? Yeah, well, some uh, I did another video on character evidence. Okay, so when you bring in character evidence, let's say you're such a good character that you you couldn't have possibly done this sort of crime, uh, that may not work for Russell Brand because he's been open about his um, his way of life in those days, you know. And so what, what the courts are going to look for and what the CPS is trained to do is they look to see, was there consent? Okay, so consent is a, a, a big buzzword. And um, when I was preparing for today, uh, I mean, I, I, I would say I know a little bit about consent, but I was really surprised to find out it doesn't matter if you're married. You still need consent every time. That is the guidance in the CPS um, guidance. So, um, and for example, the legal age of consent to have intercourse is 16 years old. However, that person could be vulnerable. Um, do they know what it means? They can't consent to rough stuff. Do you know what I mean? There's lots of things. But sexting is not legal with somebody under 18. So we don't know what these charges are about, right? So it, I mean, we just don't know enough to speak about it. So I thought what would be nice for people is to understand the process and what maybe these kind of crimes or these offenses might include, because to someone else, they may not um, be a crime, if that makes sense. Okay, next question is from Anne of Cleavers. Do the police have the power to insist on speaking to the four women who made the allegations? Do they have the power to insist? Well, victims yeah, I mean, can withdraw their statements at any time. So victims can say, I don't want to speak about it. So let's say you've got one person that does want to go to court and someone um, says they don't want to go to court that, that a lot of cases will fall apart because the um, main witness will refuse to come to court. Um, the court can, 
you know, say that they have to come. But, uh, you know, with these kind of offenses, it's, you know, the CPS, they have a whole system, like there's a victim support system. Um, they go through a lot of, um, you know, getting a lot of advice, because it is a lot of stress. And if they, you know, the one thing they really do need is, you know, um, counseling, if, if something's ever happened to them, or if they've ever found out that what they've what has happened to them has been is illegal, right? Because a lot of people may not re realize at the time, they just knew it felt bad. And um, now I don't know if this is a good time to bring in um, one of, I think it was when you were speaking with Pug today, I did manage to catch a little bit about it, but they were talking about um, a text message with somebody and it was something about a condom. Now, what's interesting about the law with that is now I've written it out because I've never heard of it before. It's called um, if you if if you where is it? Yeah. Steal thing. Now, that is if you've agreed to use a condom and then you take it off, that could be assault. OK, so that was quite interesting. So we don't know what these what the uh, allegations are and uh and russell may not know you know um he just may have been warned that this is coming out um you know yeah something um, similar happened with julian assange when it came to the definition of the r word in that country and about wearing condoms okay so next um well just Touching a bit more on what Anne of Cleavers is asking, is it possible that the UK cops could go to Channel 4, could go to the Times and say, this is so serious, you know, the Prime Minister's commented on it, etc., blah, blah, blah. Um, we need to speak to these four women. Would, is that unlikely? If, if, the, if, these people, if the victims don't come to the police, the police can go... Um, somebody has to report a crime. So is the is Channel 4 report, uh, reporting a crime to the police um, and uh, because there's minors and then that has to be looked into? Or, I mean, other people can report a, a crime. Like you can report a crime if um, you know your neighbor has been assaulted or whatever, you can report it. And then the police should go to speak to those victims. And if they then say they don't want to speak about it, then obviously the police wouldn't be able to do very much about it. Yeah, but but it is our responsibility to see something, say something. We hear that all the time and we try to be aware of, you know, if people are, um, you know, especially we, we all should take responsibility if you're at a party or something and you see something happening because another, I don't know if this is a good time if you just want me to keep rolling, but yes, um, like make making a defense of being drunk is not a good defense unless like, especially if you were um, like voluntarily drinking, then that is not a defense for your behavior from that sort of uh, offense. Um, if you were, if your drink was spiked and you did something, um, then there, there, there could be a different, you know, you may be able to bring that up as, as a defense. That's okay. interesting because people are assuming that he was completely drug adult and on the cocktails of all kinds of things. 
during some of the the period of time when these allegations occurred. All right, so Kazaba, does Karen think that the media broke this story before the police was wrong, and will it affect any trial? Would it prejudice the trial? Well, okay. I did another video the other day on, um, I don't know if people realize, but a jury used to be members of the community, okay? In the olden days, uh, before we had a, um, a, a secret jury, you know, or like a grand jury, the grand jury used to be members of the public. So I don't think the media saying anything like you're allowed to go to the media and talk about your life experience or whatever you want to. I mean, that's that's a freedom that we have, um, you know, but what we're not allowed to do is manipulate the story so that it's uh, lies. Right. So was it wrong? Is that what the question is? Do I think they broke the story before the police? Do you think that because it came out in the media before any criminal action that is trial by media, is that wrong? And it, will it prejudice any possible trial? Well, what can happen when, um, let's say there is a, a trial by media, you know, you can ask the courts to do a gag order. Um, in this country, a few years ago, I, I did a video on gag orders and um they're called, uh, you can get a super injunction so that the media cannot talk about it, um, especially when there's sensitive cases um, that are, you know, so if he does get charged and there is, um, you know, the uh, there is a, a court hearing, um, technically in England, we should get permission to speak about anything that is happening currently in the courts because the courts don't want a trial by media. And, uh, so if you feel like you're being um, prejudiced, then you can ask for a, uh, you know, for a gag order or some sort of measures where, uh, you know, it, it's kind of controlling what's being presented in the public. Yeah. But isn't it, isn't the damage already done? And this case is so big and so viral that even if, for example, say the Liverpool Echo published a story and someone was in Liverpool and he was prejudiced, his trial, and then they moved the trial to London, for example, mm -hmm. uh, where people hadn't see, read the Liverpool Echo. With Russell, he's got nowhere for a trial well, to be moved to, has he? Because the whole world is talking about this. Exactly. And um, so, but I, I don't know if... I mean, when before when you when you become a, a jury a jurist, okay, um, you're sent a letter from the courts, and then you're brought in and you're asked, you know, can you be objective? Um, can you be, uh, you know, can you listen to all the evidence before you make a decision? So the courts do make sure that that um, is, you know, uh, that process is done. Um, the other thing the courts do now, um, they've changed in the in England, they've changed beyond reasonable doubt to being sure. So they now, instead of saying to the jury, you have to be beyond reasonable doubt, like 100% sure the person is guilty. What they now say is you've got to be absolutely sure, like you would making a decision for yourself. So that's quite interesting too. So they do a lot of prep work with juries 
to make sure that they can be um, unbiased and fair. And I mean, we've seen lots of trials where, I mean, you've got Johnny Depp where, you know, he still won, even though, you know, it could have gone either way, to be honest, you know, um, you know, I, I always think sometimes these cases are won by somebody on the stand, right? Their own words usually sink them. And so, um, yeah, did that answer the question? It did, but now you've piqued my interest. What is the difference between beyond reasonable doubt and being sure? What's the legal definitions? So with beyond reasonable doubt, there there's probably no real technical legal de definition, okay? And that's what makes it so complicated for judges. Um, it Everybody, it, and um, the way to think about it is, um, is there... Is there any other reason that you can uh, plausibly think that this could have something else could be the reason for something, right? Um, and so it's it's one of the hardest things to explain to people what beyond a reasonable doubt is. When I did my video, I I mm. thought, well, is being sure, you know, is is that any better because so if if like you're listening to a victim and you can associate with it and you can say oh I can see how that happened and and this is one thing the CPS does is is they look at what were the circumstances before um you know what were the conversations before um like for example you want to just because you say yes okay you agree to let's say doing the deed doesn't mean that um, you said yes every time. Because I, I think I remember Pug saying that in the text, it looked like they had had relations before, but that doesn't mean you have the right to have relations again, if that makes sense. So um, a lot of people don't realize that as well. And I suppose anybody, I mean, I remember when I was, um, I just finished my degree in Canada and I was taking my LSATs to go to law school. And uh, uh, this chap that had already gone to law school, but his girlfriend had decided to go to law school too. So we were doing these exams and we had kind of like a group exam, like group study. And uh, there was a big party and one of the guys had relations. And then she said uh, he date Arder. And it ruined his life. I mean, it didn't go anywhere in the end, but it still ruined his life. Um, and, you know, lots of people get falsely accused, right? So it's it's a fine balance. And I'm really excited to see that the CPS has got specialists in this area, um, you know, before, you know, so they're, they're looking for certain kinds of uh, behaviors and stuff like that. So like right, for so another example, sorry yep. uh, before Go I forget. For yeah if a defendant is sleeping that is actual assault and so okay? it should be if they're sleeping if they're unconscious then they cannot give consent right sorry i keep getting emails that keep popping up i don't know how to stop them so yeah so that was right. quite interesting right i mean Obviously, we know if someone's drunk, they can't give consent. But if they're sleeping, yeah, they can't. All right. So Sorry, a question from Sandra. 
Sander, how come the alleged victims went to the mainstream media first before going to the police? Wasn't it the other way around, though? Didn't the mainstream media go to them? Didn't Weren't they researching his life and contacting these people? I stayed out of that part of it because I didn't know, right? I just heard it like everyone else um, that it was happening. So I don't know. I mean, a lot of people might think that, you know, going to the media is better for some reason. They might, you know, that might be their goal. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why they would have gone to the media. Um, makes no sense, does it? We've got a follow-on question from that. Why are they all coming forward all these years later and all around the same time? Yeah, don't we find this a lot in high-profile people? As soon as they become big, um, we find everything comes out of the wood woodwork, isn't it? It's like, uh, it's like sooner or later, we're going to have nobody run for public office because you never know what's going to come out of your past. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, there is something to do with, um, oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. There's, um, a case right now, um, the Alec Murdoch case. I don't know if you've watched that, but, um, the clerk of the court has written a book, but the jurors, there's some jurors that are coming out to say that uh, there was some jury tampering. Now, they didn't say anything at the time, but since she wrote her book, they have said something. So something in that triggered them to say, wait a minute. And so maybe it has been something that um, he has been doing or something just triggered them to say, I can't take this anymore. I've got to say something, right? We don't, we don't know a lot of victims. They, um, I mean, that's why the law has no time, time limitation on this kind of a crime because it will, it could take a victim years before they're ready to speak about it because it is such a traumatic experience, you know? So I don't know if Next that question. answers that question. Next question is, how closely would the Channel 4 lawyers have scrutinized this before broadcasting it? I don't know what they do with that. Um, you know, you, that would have to be their legal department. Um, I, I know I have heard with um, some, some things is sometimes the gain outweighs, right? What they gain outweighs whatever they could, uh, any penalties they could get. Um, so I, I don't know. I assume, I mean, they've got to uh, be mindful that they have viewers and, and they want to keep their viewers. So they don't want to be messing around with uh, giving false information if they knowingly do it. Right. I would think that they have enough integrity for that um, and they would be aware of that. So, yeah, I would. I don't know about that. Yeah. From Scottish Shona, surely going to the police initially would have been far more credible. I wonder why one girl went to a crisis centre and not the police. Yeah, these are all probably questions that maybe a psychologist could answer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because I don't know why people would. Um, I mean, I know, for example, in my own business, I find like when I started Legal Minded Friends, it was during lockdown. Well, I started Legal Minded Friends a long time ago, but I started my YouTube um, during lockdown because I found that I was getting a lot of cases that were, you know, um, by video. 
and uh, everything was, you know, you had to send it by electronic services. So everything became easier and I had a little bit more time. So I thought, well, if I give, um, give information out to people, then they would be able to think about what they want to do first. So we don't know when people find out information, like find out. I mean, there's a big push right now for sexting and it being against the law. So maybe people just started realizing, gosh, you know, this has happened to me and I've got to say something, right? So there's a question here. Is there any statute of limitations in the UK? And I've got a follow-on question, which is, do you think it's good or bad that there isn't statute of limitations on these cases mm -hmm. in the UK? Yeah, well, I mean, we just saw this in New York where um, somebody came out against Trump because they lifted the statute of limitations. Um, and so another a woman came out um, with an allegation. Now, I've always thought there, uh, there shouldn't be statute of limitations because I feel like I've talked to enough victims, right, um, in my own business where they are so nervous to say something because they don't know if they're going to be believed. Okay. So they're, they may not be ready to talk about it because they could have memories that are like, let's say, you know, blocked. Right. And, and, and a lot of times if it's like, let's say in a, a domestic abuse situation um, or where you've got somebody who's got a big following it, you're going to be looked at like the enemy. That could be a big worry, right? You're bringing somebody that may be, I mean, I've heard people are saying like Russell Brand is like a Jesus almost, you know, like a he's trying to be like a God figure. He's almost done a, a 180 with his life and his um, way of living. So it might be like they're so nervous to say something about somebody who could be beloved by obviously so many people, right? So I think not having a statute of limitations is good um, from that point of view. I think not, no, so if you've knowingly done something in your life, it must be horrible to have that hanging over you the rest of your life, right? Never knowing when the police are gonna be knocking at the door. And men, I, I think this is, you know, something that men should think about, like, and, and other men should support them in not being ooglers and googlers at women and stuff like that. Or, or I mean, you know, obviously it could be same sex, right? It doesn't matter. Um, so I, I think we owe it to each other to protect each other. Because um, I think that would be really worrying if, if you did know that you did something, you know, when you were 18 and silly and it comes back to haunt you because you're now really popular and you want to run for president. <laughs> yeah. Question from Don. What happens if no charges are brought to Russell Brand? Is this possible? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The um, Like I said, the CPS has hired specialist uh, lawyers that deal with uh, this kind of allegations. And if they feel that um, the that it it wouldn't be in the public interest that there isn't enough evidence but a lot of times it is a he said she said because if the time delays are so 
long. Um, but, you know, I, I suppose like, what is the next question? There's Is there a um, time limit to how long DNA can be held on record? Yeah, so um, with DNA, like I'm obviously not an expert, but if you, there's a really good channel called uh, Duty Ron, Crime Time with Duty Ron, and they he has an expert on there, Ed Wallace, and they talk a lot about DNA. Uh, DNA is um, it's it's not it's fairly new, um, but a lot of times what happens is um, like I mean I, I think I saw a documentary where the DNA from our kits had been sitting for years, and they didn't know how stable they would be. Right, so. Um, you know, there, there, that, that could be because sometimes that's called evidence, right? And it's, um, it's brought to court like any other evidence, like testimony, like anything. And it is as long as it can be probative, then um, you can bring DNA evidence in and uh, have experts talk about how, how stable it is, right? So, yeah. Can you still marry in the UK at age sixteen? No, I did a video on that. Is it? Uh, that's one that uh, last February it came out. The laws have changed, and it is illegal to marry under under sixteen. Yeah, sixteen or under, or yeah, it's the. You can watch that video. Have you seen cases where there was no proof of the R, but nevertheless there was a conviction because of the amount or quality of the testimonies? I have seen a case where it was in Canada where it was a director of, uh, of a school, okay, and the police found tapes. So there was no DNA evidence, um, but they had they had a visual evidence. So is that is that what they're saying where there's no proof of R? So let's say the person, you know, there's no damage or something, you know, because too much time has gone by or something. Is that what they're trying to say? Like so the same, if, there's, if there's no physical if there's no physical evidence, if there's no physical evidence Yet uh, testimonies come in against the person, a high amount of them are very believable testimonies. Have you seen cases where the person gets convicted without physical evidence? Yeah, because you can you can be uh, convicted on testimony. You can be convicted on like uh, text messages or like it, it could be a whole bunch of evidence that, you know, like it, it could the evidence could. Um, Stuck up, you know, get a lot of circumstantial evidence. You could, you know, like in this guy's case, he had he had a video, you know, video. So um, so there wasn't any physical evidence on the child, on the children. I think it was several children. Um, but obviously there was that um, evidence there. So, yeah, there you don't need you don't actually need the physical evidence because sometimes there's so much time that's gone by. Right. And are you talking about, you know, semen? Is that what they're talking about? Um, so I would say if there's a lot of time that goes by, then no, you don't, you don't need that. That's not. Question from Matt. If this was all credible, 
Surely the Times and Channel 4 would have liaised with the victims to ensure a crime had been reported before they aired the documentary. Again, that's up to their legal team, how they decide to, I mean, that, that's a big difference. Like, you know, the media is not the justice system, right? They are not justice. So they, they are a business and they can choose to run their business how they see fit. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I don't know what kind of checks they do, but that would be a question for them. Do you think that Russell Brand could be guilty? Oh, I, I think a person should always be, a, just like a victim should be believed, right? A defendant should be innocent until proven guilty. So you've got that balance of the justice scales, right? So yeah, I wouldn't uh, even try to comment on, on if he's guilty, right? Do you think the accused should remain anonymous until conviction? The accused. I'm do sorry. Um, that does, make do sense. you think the accused should remain anonymous until conviction? So, um, oh, that, yeah. in that case, so the person being accused. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, anonymous. Anonymous. I don't know what that means. Then, like. So what? What they're saying here is. Not you know, in like the, 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 the victims are anonymous. Shouldn't the person who's been accused also remain anonymous unless there is a criminal conviction? At that point, the name would be released. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's like, um, I thought about that today, actually. I thought, well, should they be saying who it was if they're not prepared to give their name? Like, you know, there is that you should be able to face your accuser, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's up to Why them. But again, it's the, you know, the court in the in the uh, Depp versus Son or, you know, they said he said if no victim should be, you know, silenced. You know, Why is so. the whole world talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, probably because he's gone so huge. I mean, when I first, I, I hadn't really heard of him, to be fair. And I've been here 27 years. And so I started watching a few of his videos and I thought, oh, he's got a really good, you know, he's got an excellent speaking voice. He's articulate. Um, and then, and then I remember him talking about some of his past and, and I actually sent him an Instagram saying, Hey, if you need to talk to a lawyer before you start saying all these things, it's like, you know, be careful, be careful when you pillow talk, especially if you're pillow talking in front of the world, you know, you're opening yourself up for lawsuits, I think. And so, um, and then he kind of like went huge. So, um, he never responded. <laughs> Well, well, just to add to that, Karen, do you think he's been the architect of his own demise, or he's played a role in it at least? Yeah, I think I, I think his own words have, you know, allowed. I mean, didn't we see this with with Prince Andrew? You know, it was almost like in those kind of days, you know, being a bad boy was almost, you know, uh, to be. It was always like it was a proud thing to be, you know, that kind of. Um, 
of a character, right? You know, you're popular, you're, you know, whatever. But obviously, you know, anybody that's in the public domain has these has these worries, don't they? They anybody could say anything. I mean, you could ruin someone's life if if you falsely accuse them, but the damage is already done, isn't it? So do you think Russell Brand has become a victim of shifting moral relativism? Yeah, I do. I do. I think uh, when I first started watching him, I kind of wondered if he's like a, a lefty, right? If, if that's the word to use. Um, these are my opinions. They're not legal statements. But, uh, um, you know, and then I kind of saw him switch a little bit more and more. And... Um, and then he just like he went crazy. He went huge, didn't he? Um, so yeah, I think sometimes you know uh, his own. But I think he's got his own experience, and maybe that's why he wants to tell the world, right? You know, because I mean, isn't it a good thing if you can come from such a debaucherous kind of lifestyle to to you know being an influencer and, and, you know, and, um, and I know he's been dubbed as a, as a conspiracy theorist and stuff. And, um, that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was YouTube. So YouTube, if you think about it, YouTube is kind of like your boss, right? You sign a contract with YouTube. So we've got to be, we do have to be careful because it's YouTube's reputation as well. So if we're going against what has already been, let's say, deemed in the courts or deemed, you know, uh, by reports, then if you're going against that, then then obviously you could stir up problems. I mean, look at that one influencer in New York. He all he did was say, I'm going to be giving away uh, computers in I don't know if it was Times Square, but within minutes, there was almost riots on the streets. So you have to be so careful what you put out there in the media, you know? Anyway, I'm talking too much. No, you, that's fine. We want you to talk um, as long as possible, as, answers as long as possible. That's what we prefer on this channel. So I've looked at many of the clips that they've used against him. And mm -hmm. one of the devices that he's known for in his comedy is hyperbole. And that is defined as exaggerated statements or claims not meant to be taken literally. So yeah. in, in court, can they use, yeah. they can use them literally, even though they were meant to be hyperbole? Well, no, they can bring them up as, as, as evidence, right? They can say, um, but then that's character evidence and the court would have to allow that to come in. So um, normally before you go to court, um, the everybody will kind of the judge will say what kind of evidence will be allowed in. Right. So um, and, and for example, like they won't allow any evidence in to, to have negative um, negative, uh, let's say, things about the uh, victim. So they'll say so let's say the victim was. I don't know, doing something that, you know, like we don't say just because what somebody's wearing anymore. We don't say even if they're a prostitute, um, you know, 
or, or a sex worker, we don't say that just because they are that kind of a person that they should uh, um, deserve to be assaulted, right? So it goes for the same in uh, for the defense, just because they've got something. Um, but if it's so similar, right? And, and I know it wasn't somebody saying there was some phrases that he used and now those are being used against him type thing. So yeah. I guess it would be up to his defense team to say, well, look at, you know, this is where this person got this from. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure a lot of comedians have this issue as well, right? They could say a lot of things that, you know, are meant to be funny at the time or to bring awareness, you know, uh, of something. And um, so we have to look at that. So. so basically, if you cop a legal case, your own jokes from the past could be used against you. Well, if they're of a actual nature and lewd and um, against the law, I mean, I've heard uh, a friend of mine is a, was a prosecutor and uh, I was told that there was a chap that had forwarded really uh, bad, um, the P word, P-O word, and years later uh ended up going to prison for nine years right so you've got to be so careful like so you don't know if you get a text from somebody it's got some boobs in it right whatever sexy nature and you forward that on if that person is underage right you don't know how old that person is that person could be 15 um so you've got to be really careful because what's against the law is forwarding it on right and and having it um and distributing it yeah so do you find it bizarre that the same media entities that were paying him and profiting from his debaucherous behavior such as channel 4 big brother etc do you find it bizarre that those same media entities are all the ones now lambasting him for the very same behavior that they were profiting from years ago. I find it ironic that, um, I mean, I never, I couldn't watch any of those shows because I thought they were disasters in the making to be, to be fair. Right. You know, because they could leave those shows and really regret what they've done. Um, but I think what people don't realize is that it's like being at a party right? You, you have a few drinks and, and maybe you're a bit shy, but then you have a few more drinks and then, you know, you might say something you wouldn't normally say, and then you might, you know, it might change your behavior. So I think in those situations, maybe people are acting like it's not really them. They're acting, aren't they? They're acting for the camera. And, um, and of course the, you know, I would assume the, uh, producers are going to say no we never asked them to do that they they did that on their own right you know but i mean you know there's a lot of things that go on that i think are like ridiculous um and will they regret them later in life when you know cuz 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 everything changes in our lives like our our morals our acceptance what was accepted 50 years ago may not be accepted now like everything changes. So, and that's where I don't know if it's uh, good for the law. So let's say, 
let's say in the olden days, you know, you worked for a boss and they would smack you on the butt and say, hey, good to see you, right? or whatever they used to do to women. And um, nowadays that would be like, whoa, that's terrible, right? So should that person be prosecuted now for things that are against the law now? That's where I question maybe that question we had at the beginning, you know, about the waiting time and everything. Should there be, you know, I would question that because if it was against the law, you know, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. So things need to be assessed in the context of the morality of the time it occurred. All right. So yeah. next question is from Jane. How do you know about the gag order? What gag order? Um, yeah, I don't, we're not aware that there is a gag order. All right, next question no, we were from talking David. About gag orders. Yeah. Sean seems to be saying that because Russell Brand is so well known that he could not have a fair trial. So does that make him and his type above the law? No, of course not. Just because he's well known doesn't mean anything, does it? Like, um, he's going to be, if, if it is a charge, you know, it would be, uh, in a jury, you know, with his peers, right? Um, everybody in there should be, like I said at the beginning, you know, they go through a process where they make sure everybody is, is, uh, you know, fit to be a jurist, right? So I think in some ways his well-knownness could be actually his benefit, you know? If there is to be a court case, would it be televised like in the USA? Well, right now, where uh, the courts have only allowed sentencing, um, the judges sentencing, they do not show the uh, perpetrators or the offenders on on the screen, right? So, so far, we've only been able to get some some uh, in criminal cases, right? I haven't seen any. I've seen it in I've seen it in civil cases where you can go on to the court of appeals and stuff and you can watch an entire case with the um, barristers making arguments and the judge and people talking and evidence produced, but I've not seen it in um, criminal courts yet. I've only seen it um, where the judge gives sentencing. So I don't know. Don't think so. Is being sure beyond a reasonable doubt? That's a new definition. Watch my video on it. It's like, a, I think it becomes, in some ways, it's more confusing, isn't it? I think the way to look at, if you're ever a jurist, is you've got to look at the evidence in a balanced way and not say, oh, I'm going to decide one way or the other until I've heard all the evidence, you know? FH is commenting on this, so let's get your response. The civil burden is... Is it more likely than not that something happened essentially 49 to 51%? The criminal burden is beyond all reasonable doubts so on 99.9% .9 that something happened, and that's from a solicitor. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's changed. And it isn't. Uh, if you watch my video, I actually point out the uh, judge's compendium, and um, it is not, is something 100%. It's are you sure? And, and it's no longer beyond a reasonable doubt. So, yeah. And uh, what was it? Yeah. The, the, um, in, in a civil case, it is the burden of probabilities. 
Okay, so is it more likely than not something is possible to have happened? So like, for example, um, let's say the uh, there is a, a case in the courts and he's not convicted. Um, could he take civil action against these people? Because the prosecution felt there was enough evidence um, there, but in the civil case, there might be just enough evidence like Johnny Depp did when he took uh, heard to court uh, with a civil case, right? So because the burden is is at a different level. So Molly Cuddle has said, it'd be prejudice within the courts to bring up his books and self-acknowledged sex addictions, would it? Whereas on media, they can span the decades. Well, again, unless there's something incriminating, right? They, so if he's written something and uh, there's something in there where you can figure out it's one of the victims, right? Um, then obviously they, they would ask the courts if they could bring that in as evidence. Yeah. I'm just going to read this one out because it's pertinent. As a victim of false allegations, I won my case, proved I was innocent, but the effect on my mental health completely destroyed me. I'm only starting to get better after four years of dealing with this. And our hearts go out to you. And we did interview a uh, rave DJ, Steve Proctor. It was a five-hour mm -hmm. interview. He was falsely accused of R. And he was mm -hmm. uh, completely exonerated, but his life was pretty much ruined. Anyway, that if you want to check that one out, it, it's a very long podcast. And the link is in the description box below this video. So next question is from Matt. Can the CPS speak to any of Russell's psychiatrists, therapists, counselors, etc.? They would be the people to genuinely attest to his behavior. Okay, well, are we assuming that they're that he's charged then, right? Um, because they just can't go and get, you know, they can't go and get your medical records like that. They there would have to be a trial and in that trial, there'd have to be the the judge would have to agree that that um, evidence could be obtained, right? So there'd have to be an order to get to get those uh, records. The police just couldn't write to them and say, you know, the court would have to give, um, you know, they'd have to see, seek an order to get that. Because don't we have a right to medical privacy? Yes, there's a big. Um, I watched this, uh, there was a, a, a meeting with um, judges and medical providers and um, like all these people were talking about, you know, is it right for the courts to have access, you know, to be able to order, you know, access to somebody's medical records? Because when you go to a doctor, it's, it's like you assume you have... Uh, that it, you're protected, right? It's private. So is it going to stop people from asking their doctor for help, right? So if they ask for help and then that's used against them. So I think we have, it's a fine line. We have to be really careful about how much information we share from, you know, from the, uh, I think information can be given in a way that the doctor gives a prognosis letter right? So they can do it that way where maybe all the records aren't needed. But like, for example, I had a case where the um, 
the claimant was injured on a airplane. Okay. And to prove his case, we actually needed his medical records. Right. So it, because of our allegations, right, that he was injured, then we needed to uh, to have them presented to the court. Yeah. So is there any yeah. advice you would give to victims of false allegations? I mean, this is the the biggest question when when you're taking any law course or anything like that is um, to convict an innocent person is like the worst you can do, right? So when a person is accused, you're almost at a you're almost it's so difficult to prove a negative, isn't it? Um, and uh, I mean. Nowadays, we have all these things, right? Watches, uh, we, they're monitoring everywhere I go. I, I leave them on, right? Um, so that could be evidence to prove if you were somewhere or weren't somewhere. But it's sad that we have to live in this kind of a world where, you know, people can get falsely accused. And um, I would hope that, like your previous viewer just said, um, he did prove it, but it ended up ruining his life and you know the stress from it is so hard so i think i think that's why this is really good that the cps has hired specialists in this area so that frivolous cases are not brought to court so that they do a lot of that legwork before if that, you know so hopefully we're going to see um it, it getting better because of these specialists being pro, uh, the specialist prosecutors for this kind of um offense yeah so pam is wondering why if russell was so famous years ago why this all didn't happen then i don't know that's <laughs> you know um like i said we don't, i don't know i mean i've had clients tell me that um they they started to to have memories of being abused as a child, right? So it just happened. They didn't understand why in their life it was happening, right? Um, so I, I don't know. That is, you know, that is a psychological question. Sometimes it could be the smell of something, a reminder of something. Anything can bring up past memories. Um, and a lot of people block these memories. So that's why it's so important for victims to get emotional support if they're having if they're getting any of these uh signs that they have been abused then i think it's so important and 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 obviously a therapist can work with them and and if they have like i mean we saw this in the herd trial right uh, she had been working with a therapist but what comes first the chicken or the egg did she go to a therapist to to prepare for a case or you know so i i think that that's also interesting as well, isn't it? You know, because there are terrible people out there too. Could there not be a conflict of interest if the alleged victim that works at Channel 4 was involved in the investigation, i.e. outside of testimony? I don't know if I understand that. So basically what they're saying is... Well, one of the alleged victims works at channel four isn't that 
comfortable. No, I mean, if, no, I mean, if if you're working somewhere and something is happening to you, and you go to your manager and you talk to them, um, that's not a conflict of interest, is it? Like, I don't understand their question outside of testimony. No, you're allowed to speak about. I mean, it's your experience, isn't it? But whoever you're telling may be a witness for you, may be able to give um, testimony to say that, you know, yes, they did tell me this in 2005, right? Um, you know, that that could be in their favor if you tell someone, isn't it? Is that but doesn't it, make, doesn't, it, doesn't it make people suspicious that Channel 4 dispatches has gone after him with an alleged victim that works at Channel 4. Wasn't that a bit well, suspicious? Did they, know? did they know at the time that that person... Like, I, I don't know. I assume, I assume like, Channel 4 just doesn't have, like, 100 people working there, right? So who did they go to at Channel 4 to tell their story to? And was it then discovered that that person had been working there? I mean, I don't know enough of of this information to be able to say. Do you know? Um, I don't know um, the intricacies of it. Okay, did these women only come forward when approached by and paid by journalists? We don't know if they were paid, do we? We don't know. That That's just a question as to what um, kind of incentives could have been offered to them. Do you know in cases like this, just speaking generally, do journalists approach people and offer them money to come forward? I I wouldn't have thought so. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how they work that. Um, I've never heard of that. So, you know, I've never had a case where someone said a journalist has asked them to come forward and speak about it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've seen it the other way where somebody will go to a journalist and say, you know, I can give you a story, right? All right. So would you go to an R word crisis center when the prosecution rate is so low under 4%? Why would anyone report it? Nobody will be convicted and the person has to go through a dreadful process. Yeah, I mean, um, we were talking about this a bit last night, weren't we? That um, the the idea of, I mean, you know, maybe in my day, if we did something stupid, it was like, okay, mark that up, better not have that anymore, better not go to that party anymore, or whatever. We kind of learned from our, le learned our lesson kind of thing, right? So, um, I mean, just recently in the news, there was this guy that I think, was he a race car driver or something that and a girl kiss he kissed a girl and he's been given an order a non-molestation order or something a non-contact order have you heard about that one was that was it in italy and it was was it football or something like that i can't remember I can't, but i can't remember yeah. but um you know i mean so i mean at work i i remember uh in the olden days, you'd come to work and if you had a big meeting and there was people from, let's say, other departments you hadn't seen in years, they'd say, hey, how you doing? They'd give you a big hug. That's not a view. Like everybody views it differently. But if you've asked somebody to stop and they continue to do it, that's where it becomes a difference. Right. 
Um, but you don't have to even ask them to stop. I mean, that's that's the thing with the law. You don't even have, that was another point I wanted to make. So uh, let me just see. I wrote it down because it's quite interesting. So you can give uh, nonverbal responses for somebody. So you can go like that and that will be enough to say that that person's been told not to do something. Um, so you can have nonverbal uh, like to not do, so, you know, to tell the person that you don't want to have uh, that that behavior onto you yeah so i'm just reading the chat as well would it be credible if they got paid well how much did they get paid so you know that would be i think that would be a probative question in court if you know i mean they did this with um if anybody's watched this civil case with gabby petito's family um they wanted to know how much was paid to um, the solicitor when um, Brian went missing, right? When, I don't know if you watched that case, but um, yeah, it's a big case in America and uh, Brian Laundrie. And so he, his girlfriend was emmed, right? And he went missing and his parents wanted to know how much was his lawyer paid because could that be, you know, an indication that they knew he did it, right? Because if they paid him like 10 grand, then they could say, well, you know, why would they pay a solicitor 10 grand if if they just had a fight and she went missing? Yeah. So that is probative information in the courts in that case did allow that information to come in, but they allowed it ex parte. So what happens in an ex parte case is where the court just will look at something um, without making it public and they will make a decision on that. So yeah, I suppose if if they were paid for their, for coming forward with the story, it depends on how it happens, right? But I would think if they're paid and they're making criminal charges, that's a bit naughty. You know, that's a bit probative as to motivation, you know. We've got a further question about the Channel 4 employee. Would there be a conflict of interest if that person at Channel 4 had helped to make the documentary outside of giving testimony? No, again, again, we're, we're confusing assault, right, with somebody. So... Um, like, for example, a lot of people get into uh, the kind of work that their background is familiar with, right? So if let's say you were, you had a challenging background, you may decide to be a counselor in life. And because of that, you, you shouldn't be like, so, so to me, if they helped with that and said, oh, but wait a minute, I can add to this. And then they, and then they were saying, wait a minute what you're talking about is illegal. Like, how did it come about, right? I think that's the important bit. Sadly, a lot of people don't report it, but they also don't go to the media. They only go to the media, it seems, when there are rich and famous people involved. What does that tell you? Tells me that nobody's interested if my um, neighbor <laughs> does something, <laughs> right? Uh, I think... You know, I think 
we've always lived in a society where the rich and famous are part of our news. Um, you know, I, I always wonder in countries where, you know, you, you know, like if, if it's a communist country or something and they don't have that sort of thing, right. Does it, does it make a difference? Like, um, are we just keeping ourselves occupied with gossip and, you know, that's what sells, right? Everything that gets us interested because I've noticed in my own business that if I put out a video on true crime, it does a lot better than keeping safe, right? Uh, how to set up a safe word, which I think is way more important, right? But the other video will do much better. So I think it is about just what people's interests are and what, what you know, we live in a, a very fast society, don't we? And we, we want information like that. We want to know. And with um, smartphones, don't you think a lot of things have changed? Like what, what were you talking about today with smartphones? And it was an excellent conversation that, you know, um, so, so much is different nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. As technology evolves, sometimes it evolves faster than the law and that can create a problem with the gap. So let's get your thoughts on this. I don't believe that a victim should be believed. Statements and allegations should be taken seriously, but neutrally. Right. And this goes back to the uh, what I believe is the original reason why everyone should be believed, because when you make a claim, you're presumed to be telling the truth until someone says that you're not, right? So until a defendant says you're not in a civil case or until the police, you know, bring you to court and ask you to answer it, yeah? So I, I think, yeah, I, I think, and the other thing is if you are found to be, I did a video on, um, what was her name? Carly Russell. This was a recent case in Atlanta where she, uh, made up her whole entire kidnapping. And so, you know, she's going to be prosecuted. And it was, it's really interesting to watch. And so you should check that out. But, you know, the police chief even said, you know, we're going to have to change our laws because, you know, um, this is really nasty. Um, and this is the other thing to be mindful of. So if, if you lie to the police and make them, you know, start you know, do an investigation and you waste their time and everything. Obviously, that's against the law. But if you bring in a person's name and accuse somebody, like falsely accuse them out of a malicious nature, then yes, that could be, you know, uh, contempt of court. You know, that that could be, a, you could end up with a life, life in prison, you know. Um, and so I think, once you start naming people, you better be sure, right, that that is the person that did it, you know? I do not think it is a question about if RB had relations with the lady. However, do we think it was the R word? Personally, in those businesses, I do not think it is the R word. And that's the bottom line, isn't it? You know, he's debaucherous. Was it consensual? Was it unconsensual and the R word? But remember, murky, the R word, is, the R word requires the P word, the penetration. So that's what makes it the R word. Yeah. So 
it's like it wouldn't be the art it would just be assault if if the penetration didn't happen right so because it there had penetration then it becomes r okay so i i think that you know it, and there very well could be two different kinds of um except like acceptance and uh, you know people i mean i didn't know that you have to have an agreement before you you have to consent even with your husband you know so tonight you better tell your partner hey are you okay with this um are you sure are you really sure do you want to call a friend you know i mean but obviously these specialist prosecutors are gonna you know look at it and um you know I mean, does anybody else think that's crazy? You know, but if someone changes their mind, that's why I don't think sleeping with somebody that you don't know is a good idea. You know, getting physical with them too soon uh, before you know their character. Uh, don't send them messages. I mean, you even, like I said, sexting is if anybody's under 18 and you still have to get consent to sext. So, and it has to be over 18 years old. So, you know, there's a lot of changes in law that are there to protect victims. Um, so it's almost like you got to have a little bit of a contract before and, you know, kind of maybe go back to the old days and do a bit of courting and get to know the person um, before, you know, but obviously, you know, Johnny Depp, they they had problems from the beginning, and that's another sign, isn't it? If you've got problems from the beginning, it's not going to get any better, is it? It's certainly an increasingly dangerous world out there. Is mm. it entirely possible that Russell could have been so messed up, alcohol, drugs, etc., that he may not even have remembered the next day or after what he'd done? Yep, and like I said at the beginning, there you could have somebody that is has been so drunk or on drugs that they don't remember they could say you know it's diminished capacity almost you know like i don't know i i have no idea i was so drunk um but then again if they voluntarily made themselves drunk then they can't use that it's not a very good defense okay so um it's like you can say well you're carrying a gun why are you carrying a gun self-defense oh okay that's wrong but in this country even if you carry um like a wep uh, a baseball bat or something or a knife or anything and you say it's for self-defense that's against the law because the the whole idea is that you want to if you put yourself in that position and then you end up using it you then have the intention to use it because your intention was you said, no, I carry, I carry that knife in my car in case anything happens to me. Then your intention is to use it as an assault weapon. So you're going to be charged with assault, whether or not it was in self-defense is another element to it. Right. So it would be a mitigating factor to the courts. And that's important how to understand how something becomes against the law. How can these people make a documentary and accuse someone of something so horrible and then the police cannot go question them? That is just insane. Haven't we learned anything from Depp and Assange? 
like again, I haven't seen it and I don't like to watch things like that. I know that in the Murdoch case, there was Netflix series. Uh, you've got lots of cases where they do all these documentaries and families and victims want to get their story out um, because maybe this system is taking too long. Um, I mean, we do have 28% uh, less uh, judiciary, right? Judges in the system right now. So there's been a big push to hire more judges because there's kind of a bit of a backlog. So maybe that's why things are done because it's just keeping it fresh in the media so people don't forget about it. Why is Russell Brand not being treated as vulnerable? He was an addict with mental illness. He has bipolar disorder. The employer has a duty of care to safeguard him. Yeah, and how do we know other people didn't take advantage of him? You know, um, I mean, that that could have been a possibility too. You know, uh, a pressure for him as well, right? To to perform or to, you know, um, it's hard to say no, isn't it? If 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 you're getting all this attention and and um, you know, I think did you talk about this where? when you're getting all this attention, it's like, it's something that they've never had before. Right. And, and so it almost validates, validates the behavior because what, why is this happening? If it's, if it's not, if it's not supposed to happen. Right. Well, people who are getting a lot of attention, the ego gets out of control. And then if they surround themselves with yes, people, uh, and mm. you know, they just think they're above the law and all kinds of, of bad scenarios can happen all right so david said okay so russell brand was a cheerleader for some subjects that some people want to silence but does that mean he should get a free pass for our word i don't know if he, if he is guilty i'm just saying yeah and again we're not talking about you know going into a forest and creeping up on somebody we're talking about most likely two people got together it got further than the other person wanted it to go. They tried to say stop and it wouldn't stop. And that's what makes it unacceptable, right? So, um, and feeling pressured, if the other person felt pressured um, and you don't have to say no. And that's that that is so important for people to understand is they can not agree to something and not try to stop it because they're too scared, right? They're too scared at the at the time. So we d we don't know. There, we need to know more. But at, at this point, we're only getting one side. So I don't know if you've watched any of Russell Brand's videos attacking big military, big farmer, etc. Yeah. Do you think there is possibly an agenda to destroy his reputation to silence him? I can I can give you an example of something. Okay, so I grew up with uh, my dad was uh, ended up working for a big oil company. Okay, and because of that, we had a nice life, very comfortable. Okay, and you know, like they gave us, you know, we we had um, what's it called, like a, a like a, a club to go to, you know, for swimming and everything you know i mean they they do all kinds of things for their employees um and 
one day I put out a post because I saw, and, and it's a big chemical, uh, petrol valley where I come from, right? They take petroleum and, and um, so anyway, there's a lot of pollution that goes one way in this, because uh, it's like an, their oil, they change oil into, you know, it's called petroleum valley, basically, right? Chemical mm -hmm. valley. So the uh, indigenous people of the land have been fighting for years uh, to get something, you know, like uh, protection, right, from the smells and everything else. And they finally got it. They got recognition. They got that. And so I, I shared it on Facebook. I said, well done. I'm so proud of you guys. And my, and my, my own dad got upset with me and said, you know, you got a great lifestyle from that, you know, uh, company. And I said, I'm not speaking out against the company. I'm celebrating that the company has taken responsibility. That's not me hating on the company, right? So this is how bad things will get if you disagree with something that has brought a lot of, like without the industrial revolution, we wouldn't be where we are today, right? So we've got to give it obviously some sort of thanks and appreciation but when you're being told something else is it wrong is it it's not illegal to point out you know that there is a disjoint right but where i think the where you get into the danger zone is when you put a and b together or like one and two together and you get four. That's where you have to be really careful, right? And so, and but what I thought um, he was doing is like, he brings receipts, right? Whatever he says, he says, look there and there and you make the decision. So from that point of view, but then when somebody gets really popular, right? I, I wouldn't have thought that the big industries have that much to worry about, I mean, I don't know if any of us want to go back to horse and buggy. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know how much, you know, are, are they really afraid of, of Russell Brown brand taking over the world and becoming president or prime minister? You know, I, I wouldn't have thought he has a direct relationship to people not driving in their cars to go to Cornwall for the weekend or, um, does, does that make sense? I don't know if he would have enough power to change people's behavior so much that these companies would um, would be upset, if that makes sense. But other people could be jealous that he's, you know, I mean, didn't we have um, a big fox guy that uh, was kicked off a fox and then he ends up going on his own? Uh, is it Carl Tuckle Carlson? And then he ended up doing really well. So sometimes these people can do even better without having to comply to, let's say, media, the media hierarchies, right? Um, and unfortunately, YouTube has, they've, they've almost like protected themselves because maybe they're getting they don't want to get involved in all that right whereas rumble has said you can come on our our and do anything you want we don't care as long as it's not against the law right so i think russell could do even better on other platforms 
Um, but I don't know if he had enough influence that would have changed, you know, did, did, did people not go and get the vaccination, you know, um, because of something he said, I doubt it, you know, I mean, they were, they, I mean, there was people like that were actual doctors speaking out and they were losing their jobs. So I've got a question from Sarah. How can the women remember word for word years ago and why keep texts from exes for years? Isn't memory malleable and hasn't neuroscience shown that so-called witnesses to things, they can get up on the stand and believe what they're saying, but mm. that's because the brain, the memory changes in the brain. I totally agree with that. I think if you tell your something, if you tell yourself something enough, you start to believe it yourself. And if you've got that victim mentality to begin with, and it could be that there's an element of it, but because you haven't got the help that you need, which I think is why it's so important to get help, it could become bigger and faster. So like, for example, if I say to somebody, oh, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. That person could get really hurt because I don't know in their past what their past was like. Like, for example, we saw this in professors. Okay. So when you're going to school, you want some, you want your professor or your school teacher to be really positive. You do not want them to um, label you. You don't want them to treat you differently because that is your the foundation of for when you're getting older, right? So to me, that's like so important. But let's say a person was told in school, oh, you're stupid, you don't know what to do and you have no friends, you know, whatever. Everybody plays with other people. You're never picked when there's a, you know, um, a soccer team or something. And then later in life, I could say one thing and then that per it brings back the memories of that and then they get even worse. They get it like builds up even more and it becomes, it shouldn't have become such a big deal to maybe someone else, but to them it becomes overpowering, you know? So it's understanding that. What's your thoughts on why Channel 4 and the BBC thought it was okay to pay Russell Brand to misbehave, but come after him when he called them out? I don't know. I mean, years ago, I watched Benny Hill. I was one of those people in Canada. Nobody understood why I watched him, but I thought he was hilarious. But now looking back, I think, oh, my God, that was like crazy stuff. Right? I was like, so. I mean, some of these shows are just crazy. Don't they go into the jungle and eat bugs and do all kinds of stuff? Right. So I think they get caught up in the moment and. And then, like we said, we don't know how this has happened, right? Were they talking about it and it was discovered? Um, so I think we've just got to be careful. You know, that the media brings us entertainment. But, I mean, didn't Brooke Shields just come out and say that she was abused um, as a young child for all these movies? And, mm. for example, if I found out my... Uh, the girl I adore is Shirley Temple. If I found out she was, I'd be just devastated, right? So, so we are entertained by these things, but we also have to keep in mind that they are human beings and we shouldn't be using them, right? And and it does sound like he was used, right? And, and 
and isn't it good that he changed his life? He he got out of all that. He didn't need their support anymore. You know, that's got to have some benefits, right? As a gut response, do you think he is guilty? Again, why are we even thinking that? Why are we even, we should as a society right now stop and say, nobody is guilty until they're proven guilty, right? We should just stop that right now. Just that shouldn't even be a question in our mind. So as laws change about the R word, can it be applied to incidents in previous times? Well, it is the law now. So, right. So obviously it can be. If yeah. it goes to court, do the medical records of the victim get used as evidence? Of the victims. Well, if the victim is saying that they have had, you know, emotional difficulties and stuff like that. So if they're using that as, as something that they need to prove, right? So they might say, well, I can prove this by saying that, by showing that. So again, it's whether the judge would uh, allow it in. Do lie detectors ever actually help anything get better? <laughs> Interesting questions, isn't it? I don't know. Lie detectors. Isn't that where you watch those shows to find out if the baby's yours? <laughs> or if you had an affair? <laughs> it's like, it's like, I would love to, I would love to Law, did you study in the UK? I'm in Scotland. Scotland. I studied in Canada, and then when I came over to the UK, I started working for the county solicitor's office, and then I was trained under Lord Wolf, which um, he, quite interestingly, I can show you, he changed this book, the Civil Procedure Rules, and the Green Book and the White Book, as they were known, were updated and he's the one that uh, pushed for all of all of the um, so so that um, we so I was I really came on board at the perfect time so I had what we call as in-house training by Lord Wolf and um, mm -hmm. other uh, other you know people in that um, because 1997 everything just you know we went to um, simpler words, um, making sure people um, negotiate before we go to court, making sure you have a, a lot of discovery. Uh, a lot of things were changed. So yeah, my legal, my degree is in um, criminology and sociology. And then I had finished that and I had been four years with Canada Corrections and they give you a, a an extensive training program as well. So, and then you're always given training um, as and when the job requires it, you know, so you end up training. But yeah, um, and then I think, I don't know if you want to get that deep into it, but when I came over to the UK, because in Canada, when you become a solicitor, you have to become a barrister and a solicitor. But in this country, um, it is equivalent to a BA. So an LLB, a law degree is equivalent and on my um, community tab page on my YouTube, I show people how if they want to become a solicitor in the UK, uh, you can you can um, 
get your degree, like you can use your degree if it's not in law and um, go through the process to become qualified in the UK to practice law. Um, what I do is I, I am a, a lawyer, so I am not a practicing solicitor. I offer assistance to litigants in person. So, um, but when I worked for the government, I was able to represent them in the courts like like a CPS would do. Yeah. So yeah. How take, can we ever look at, if you've already got a degree, look at what you can use that degree for and and maybe do that. How can we ever be sure of someone else's truth? Oh, I love philosophy. Do you love philosophy? Yes. Sean, I I yeah. absolutely love philosophy. I've I've often questioned what is truth. Because my truth and your truth could be two different things, you know? Um, yeah. Will the victim sue? They may just be trying to get money. I think, again, we have to just stop with, is he guilty? Is questioning what the victims, until we've heard all the evidence. Yeah? Because all we're doing is, if it were you, if this happened to you, would you want all this out in the media, like everybody questioning you and saying, are you doing it for money? Because that's why, remember this man we just had of one of our viewers, you know, it ruined his life. So shouldn't we as a society not ruin people's lives and say, well, look, let the process happen. And we deal with the consequences, right? So. I mean, lots of people have gone to prison and become a better person. Lots of people have made accusations and, you know, who knows that, you know, there could be a time when in their life, you know, how they say, whatever you do comes back to you, right? So we don't know um, what's happened. Can you imagine Russell ever claiming the fifth and saying nothing? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I don't know. He's such a well speaker, but um, you know, I think he's got to be careful on this one. Yeah, obviously. I'm just going to read this comment and get your thoughts. It's quite pertinent. If Russell is indicted, then all the members of most rock and roll bands, including Zeppelin and the Stones members, could be indicted for similar things. Yeah. I, I, I mean, haven't, haven't some of those bands even, there are songs out there where they've written lyrics pertaining to yeah. um, these kind yeah. of allegations, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So that is a dangerous um, thing. I, I think, and, I, and again, I don't want to keep going back to it, but because the CPS is trained and they are specialists and there is like a toolkit to go through uh, to really see if they are a victim, right? Um, they know how to look at that and see if they are a victim. Uh, and so I hope that, you know, that's done. Yes, Lisa, there has been one complaint to the Met that was announced today. And next question, Russell says he was SA'd early in his life. Would this have an impact on a court case in the UK? Would that be a mitigating circumstance? Well, is he is he then saying that he is guilty and 
he's got mitigating circumstances or diminished responsibility because of something. Um, you know, if if he's going to use that as a defense, then that means it's a mitigating thing, isn't it? Like it's, uh, I wouldn't have thought it's a defense. Like lots of things can happen to you, but it doesn't make it right that you go out and do something else, does it? Like you can't yeah, break the law. Like something, the law was broken against you. Something like that would only come along at an advanced stage, wouldn't it? If he was found guilty, then it could be put forward at a sentencing hearing as a mitigating circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he may not have known it was whatever is being alleged is is wrong, you know? Um, so I'm trying to read the chat. I don't know how you can read it so fast. It's just whipping by. Should it not be someone's responsibility to not have relations with a person who is intoxicated because they are too impaired to genuinely consent. Yes, you shouldn't. If a person's unconscious or they're drunk, then they cannot consent. You know, they don't have the what's called as capacity. Yeah. I should be painting my ceiling. This is hilarious. Some of the I've just realized I, I put them on the screen. Surely it's their word against his as no as there is no DNA evidence. Yeah, well, there could be other evidence, like didn't somebody show some text today and they may have some anomalies, like maybe not be, uh, maybe they were doctored a bit. Um, so people have got to be careful about what evidence you put forward. So the victims have got to be also careful, you know, that... Um, that they're not putting evidence that would diminish their story because their story could be true. But in order for someone to believe them, they think, oh, I better show this, but I better tweet that because that's not really what it says. But, you know, so they've got to be careful as well, don't they? How can it be legal that people can be given a monetary incentive for supplying evidence? Well, it's not. You can't, you can't be. <laughs> that's... That's tampering, isn't it? That's like, it's like, no, you can't, you can't give somebody money for, for giving evidence. Like, but first of all, we're talking about as if there's a court case. We we don't have a court case yet. Yeah. But what about when people are rewarded in other ways? For example, someone gets a reduced sentence to say that another person oh, did like some, something criminal. Like in um, in jail cells where there's a snitch or snitching, something. Snitching, yeah. The incentives given for snitching. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not money, is it? But um, well, again, I mean, I have watched some some trials where the person was a snitch, and it's very hard to believe them, you know. So, um, yeah, you've got. I mean, but they are supposed to disclose to the jury if they are getting a benefit, right? So if you've got a witness on the stand who has, they're giving, um, let's say, uh, eyewitness testimony and it came from a prison cell or something, or, I mean, we had one case where there was a guy in a lineup, they were getting into a prison truck in America and 
So he was given evidence as to what was said in that lineup that they were in. And, you know, they said, have you gotten any benefits from saying this? And he said, no. So he didn't get a reduced sentence. He didn't get anything, um, you know, so, and that's the same in England. You've got to, if you're going to be using, well, any witness, the question of any witness that comes before, the first thing the defense is going to say, are you? Are you being pressured to come here? Are you being have have you just spoke to the you know prosecutor? Have they told you what to say? Is this your statement in your own words? They're going to be asking the person giving evidence to confirm all that. A good defense team would ask that, right? Now that someone has gone to the police, will she be investigated before it goes to trial? what the victim be investigated yeah well for, first of all victims you can't re-victimize somebody right so all the police need to do is to investigate that story right so if they're saying um I mean, this is, I don't know how they're going to prove something so long ago, but let's say if it was something that happened last week, they say, okay, can you give us evidence that you were there? They're going to ask for the person to write a statement. They're going to ask them to write times and dates. So the police do need the victim to give details so that they can investigate those details, right? Does that answer that question? Yep. Do judges always direct the jury that DNA is prone to mistakes, tampering, etc. Or is that bull? <laughs> well, I think what we got to remember is DNA um, expert testimony is all probative. Okay. So it's the, the jury is told by the judge that it's uh, that this, that before you, you know, when you hear this, information what it is is going to be um one side will say something about it uh, and they have to give full disclosures and if the defense doesn't ask for them though right because that's where this is where it becomes dangerous if if somebody says something in court but then it's not let's say um counteracted right it you know then um then the jury should be asking those questions themselves so the judge will say something like, you've just heard testimony from that. Use your own, use your own thoughts and your own logic and your own um, mind to know if what you've just heard is the truth, right? Just because they're an expert doesn't mean that it's the truth. You have to use your own uh, senses and um, discretion. Uh, so yeah, I think the judge should say that if they haven't then i think they do yeah karen you've actually answered all of the questions we've caught up to the end of the chat we spent almost two hours and i really appreciate you wow. spending this time with us and yeah. sharing your wealth of knowledge and experience this has been really fascinating we've learned so much and i oh, urge people to go and subscribe to your channel link is at the top of the description box do you want to tell the viewers, Karen, what you do at your channel? Yeah, so with Legal Minded Friends, it's pretty much a hot mess because I started doing lives and um, 
I'm very nervous. So uh, it's a learning experience and, and please forgive me for my lives because it, I, I'm learning uh, how to do StreamYard and all that stuff. Um, my other videos, when I first started, obviously I had to learn how to create them and stuff. So they're trying to give you a bit of information because I say information is power and um, at the, so you get a bit of information. I try to give you sometimes like a picture of, I try to put laws into a visual for people. And then underneath all my videos, if you want to know more, there's always links to more information. So, um, because obviously it's not legal advice, it's legal information to build confidence in the system. I found that a lot of my clients had the same questions. And so I thought, wouldn't it be good if they, if people, if I, I could say to people, and I give this example all the time, but if you're a grandparent, you don't have automatic rights to your children. So um, watch this video, then call me back, right? So, or if you've just been arrested, or if you're afraid, like I've had people call me up, Karen, I've just had the police at my work. They've taken me in, you know, what should I do? They've taken, see, this is the other thing. You know, my videos will tell you, they'll take your devices. You know, you, you have to be really careful because all your devices will be gone. So if you're asked for dates and times and stuff like that, you need your solicitor to be able to get that information from your devices, right? So anyway, thank you for having me. <laughs> and thanks for the positive comments and all your questions, viewers. And like I said, the link for Karen's channel is at the top of the description box. So please go on down and support her work. I think oh, we'll, I might be doing a collaboration with Andrew Gold tomorrow night where we're going to trade viewpoints. We're going to perhaps do some on his channel and some on mine. And then on that, we're unleashed on Wednesday. We're doing a Russell Brand roundtable. And following this video, actually, we have got a premiere coming up with Ryan Dawson, who's going to be talking about Russell Brand and Andrew Tate. So if and you want to refer to more. Yeah, you're, you've got some amazing guests. Um, I'm really fascinated at how you've approached justice and the stories your guests tell are very uh, informative. Um, they're intriguing and they're from the heart and they're from real people, aren't they? And I, I really commend you for the good work you're doing for justice, Sean. I'm, I'm so impressed with your channel. Oh, thank you very much, Karen. Really appreciate that. And again, yeah. you know, thank you for spending all this time with us and for your first ever live. This was absolutely oh. fantastic. <laughs> Cheers, Judy Ron has had me on and a few people, but <laughs> nobody as big as you. <laughs> oh, thank oh, you. Well, 